As a convert to Catholicism from Protestantism, not only did I have to learn about things like sacred tradition and the teaching of the magisterium, but I was also unfamiliar with a lot of Catholic customs. Some of them seemed a bit odd, some downright strange, but one in particular seemed altogether impossible. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, the show in which we seek to offer encouragement and inspiration for growing in our relationship with the Lord today. I'm Patrick Conley. The Catholic custom that I just could not wrap my mind around was that of burying a statue of St. Joseph upside down in your yard in order to sell your house. And the reason I could not fathom it was not because it has definite overtones of superstition, but because I could not understand how one first would obtain a life-sized statue of St. Joseph, and second, how in the world one could bury it in their yard, upside down, mind you, without having to call the diggers hotline and also declaring it on the property write-up. I was finally clued in, however, when I was at a Catholic bookstore and I caught sight of a basket of about two-inch-high statuettes of this patron of the Universal Church, along with a sign that read, Sell your house fast through the intercession of St. Joseph. Ah, so not a six-foot-tall statue after all. The light dawns. Well, another custom familiar to many Catholics is invoking the help of St. Anthony, the patron of lost items when you can't find something. Tony, Tony, look around, or something like that, the prayer goes. But of course, St. Anthony is much more valuable to us than just finding our misplaced phones or car keys. In his earthly life, he was renowned for his holiness, his learning, and his eloquent preaching. And you don't get monikers like the Hammer of Heretics or the Ark of the Testament without having a deep knowledge of and love for sacred scripture. So today on the show, we'll use today's saint as a jumping-off point to explore how to grow in love for sacred scripture. Directing our conversations and meditations is Father Michael Martin, a conventual, conventual Franciscan priest and the pastor of St. Philip Benizi in Jonesboro, Georgia. Welcome back to the program, Father. Good to be speaking with you. Patrick, great to be with you, and happy Feast of St. Anthony. And the same to you. Thank you. Well, yeah, give us a little insight here, Father. Uh, who was St. Anthony, and why is he so important to the life of the Church? Great question. Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, we all uh, appreciate uh, St. Anthony uh, of Padua. Padua is a town in northern Italy, uh, not very far from Venice. Uh, but uh, Anthony was uh, not uh, Italian. He grew up in, uh, in Portugal and um, was originally an Augustinian, and it wasn't until he uh, was, um, he witnessed some Franciscan martyrs who were coming back from Morocco, who had been, uh, uh, their bodies had been tortured, and, and witnessing that kind of deep faith still, he, uh, he followed uh, that crowd back to Assisi. St. Francis uh, was still alive, and uh, begged to be welcomed into the uh, into the Franciscan Brotherhood, and I'll just say that the the rest is history, so to speak. So, um, someone who began um, his life um, 
in a much more scholarly way, uh, really ended his life as a, a mendicant preacher uh, for whom we, uh, we still marvel at, at his teaching, given that he's a doctor of the church. Hmm. Well, we are grateful, of course, for him and his intercession and his prayers. And uh, we're, as I said in the intro, we're using him kind of as an, an example and a jumping-off point uh, for sacred scripture especially. I know in uh, just perusing even a few of his works, we see that he, he utilizes that well and he has an understanding of it. And, and a love for it kind of uh, permeates through as well, as with many of our preacher saints. You can see that scripture is just peppered throughout their message, and that stands to reason. But uh, Scripture is something that is meant to be, I believe, at least at the heart of every Catholic. Am I wrong about that, Father? Not at all. Not at all. I think what um, what enamored uh, the listeners of St. Anthony was his ability to make Scripture real. It's interesting, if you read his sermons, which are all obviously scripturally based, he, he uses a lot of um, animal in imagery, uh, which is uh, is quite unique, uh, and and not just you know dog and cat, but you know it, it's almost like going you know going to the circus when you read some of Saint mm. Anthony's sermons that he uses <laughs> more exotic animals, but all as a way to make the scriptures uh, more real for a simple people who maybe understood animal life maybe a little bit better than. They understood the divine life, and so you're right. I mean, uh, we should allow the saints to um, help us to realize, in whatever way we can, that uh, the scriptures have to be uh, at the at the real core of our of our daily existence, as well as the bigger picture for how we how we come to understand God's self revelation. To be sure. And I'm thinking now specifically about uh, interaction with the sacred scriptures. And, uh, you know, again, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith. And so uh, from a Protestant tradition that took the scriptures very, very seriously and very central. And so there was a lot of studying of scripture that I did in my younger life. Um, and now there are lots of resources uh, that are available to Catholics now about uh, growing in familiarity with the Bible and that sort of thing. But but why do you think that there's there is among some Catholics, not all Catholics certainly, but among some Catholics, this uh, reticence to pick up the Holy Scriptures? You know, I, I would say that um, as a book, strictly as a book, it's it can be rather daunting. First of all, it's large, and we have an increasingly uh, shorter attention span. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, it's it's broken into uh, smaller books that, um, and then smaller chapters thereafter that, that in some ways many of us may not have a sense of its flow or, you know, we're, we're used to reading a book from, from cover to cover, which is really not the way to engage sacred scripture. And so I think those dynamics out of the gate uh, for a, uh, a community that, uh, in Catholic circles at least, it hasn't been part of the ethos, um, you know, prior to the Second Vatican Council, um, as much as it had been, and obviously in other Christian traditions. Given the fact that you know you have those dynamics at work, for some Catholics, um, we're just waiting for Father to tell us what it means, and. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just cut to the chase, tell me what I got to do. And that's a sad um, approach when God is trying to reveal himself and wants to encounter us in the scriptures. And so uh, it, it's, it's a very personal uh, dynamic if we will allow it to be and not treat it like some other book. Yeah. Well, then how do you suggest that we do treat it, Father? I mean, how, you know, oftentimes, like I'm thinking of a, of a large family Bible that takes some place of prominence in some, someone's living room or study or something like that. But alas, it either lies closed or it lies open to a page that maybe hasn't been turned in months or maybe even years, right? right. But um, what is the proper attitude toward the sacred scriptures? What would you suggest? Well, you know, I first of all, I, I wouldn't, and I know you're not trying to, to diminish or dismiss the, the family Bible, but in my own story, we I can still picture our family Bible. It was white padded leather, mm. and it was large. And yep. I remember as a child, it had pictures. Isn't that, I mean, I, uh, I remember the pictures as like a first remembrance of looking at the Bible and and was fascinated by what I saw. And, and I, I'm certain that, you know, God used my little childhood imagination to stir faith in my heart. So those, uh, those prominent, uh, family Bibles, uh, I, I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for them. However, if, you know, if the dust is, you know, a an inch thick on <laughs> on the stinking right. thing, then you got to wonder. I, I I probably shouldn't. Uh, a quick story though that um, uh, Kathleen Norris, who's a uh, an author, um, yeah. she, uh, that maybe you've read some of her work, but she tells the story of a uh, of someone who had uh, given a Bible as a uh, as a wedding present and would continue, you know, for months and months to ask the the couple, you know, if they like the Bible and, and the, the spouse, the wife said, yeah, oh yeah, we, we liked it. And she couldn't understand why he kept asking if they liked it. And she said, you know, I sent the thank you card, like, you know, enough already. Um, and of course it, he, he laughed to himself cause he, he put a hundred dollar bill at the beginning of every book and knew that she'd never find it. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great story about you know, the family Bible that, that sits there forever. That said, I think what we need to do, and uh, I think so many today, uh, so many more Catholics are using electronic resources that um, can provide them with scriptural insights that are a little more manageable uh, in in maybe just thought for the day type of stuff that should maybe whet our appetite a bit to to then say, well, I can't just leave it at that level. But what I've really got to do is I've got to find a way to delve into its depth and to commit my life to that process. That, you know, this isn't something that you check the box. You know, I know uh, Father Mike Schmitz does, you know, Bible in a year, which are I, I think those are all really great um, things that allow us to access the scriptures, but approaching the scriptures so that we can then say, okay, I've, I've been there, done that, misses the relational quality that the sacred scriptures have had, you know, since, as, since they were passed on verbally and, or orally, and now, you know, in their, in their written, written form. Mm. 
Right. Our spiritual director today is Father Michael Martin, a conventual Franciscan priest, pastor of St. Philip Benizi in Jonesboro, Georgia. And we are talking about, well, we started off with St. Anthony, today's today's celebrated saint. And we are using that as a jumping off point to get to the love of sacred scripture. What role has scripture played in your own life? Have you found it daunting, as Father suggested? Have you found it difficult to get into? Have you started and stopped and started and stopped a number of times? Or have you discovered a way to discover and explore some of the riches and depth of scripture? Well, give us a call. We'd love to know either way. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149 is our phone number. You can also send us an email at innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, Father, uh, one of the things, too, in growing up in a Protestant tradition and, uh, you know, sola scriptura, scripture alone as, an, as the re- revealer, the revelation of the divine authority, that changed, of course, for me in becoming a Catholic. Now, as Dei Verbum kind of lays out there, we've got sacred scripture and sacred tradition. But what's what's the distinguishing, in case we have those who are unfamiliar, what's what's the distinction to be made there between sacred scripture and sacred tradition? Yeah, I, I would say that um, as, uh, as distinct as they are, um, I think the, the better way to maybe a, approach these uh, two realities is more like a like a helix, you know, where they're they're intertwined and mm-hmm. and they continue to uh, be intertwined as we uh, progress in, in over the course of the, the human journey. Uh, and so, the, there is always a need for um, for the lived reality that Jesus established in the church. To continue to support, to continue to interpret, to continue to help us to understand and live out God's self-revelation in Scripture, and so um, you know we talk about two lungs, you know, breathing with both lungs, and and while I respect and and am edified by many of my you know uh, Christian brothers and sisters of other denominations, I think that. Um, not acknowledging the role of tradition, first of all, is um, is a little naive because I I think many Christian traditions or part, you know Christ, different Christian denominations have a certain. It's not only scripture, you know. They may say that, but then there's the lived reality of how to you know how to understand the scripture that that they're doing as well, and so. Uh, realizing that that roots us in something greater than ourselves and keeps us from erring uh, one way or the other. And gosh, if church history isn't littered with, yeah. you know, the poor fools that thought they knew what they were talking about and and, and slid into heresy, um, I mean, I think that's proof positive that we we can't exist just with Scripture. That we need a faith community that's going to. Um, that's rooted in Christ, and that Christ gave power, that Christ empowered to help us to better understand God's self-revelation in Scripture. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point, Father, and I think that that's one of the things, too, that we uh, we can learn from and uh, continue to glean from with the uh, the order, the structure that the Lord has set up in His Catholic Church. 
And specifically, I, I guess I'm back to a question that was that I asked a, a moment ago, which was then how as Catholics should we approach the scriptures, particularly knowing that, you know, we're not part of the magisterium, or we as lay faithful are not part of the magisterium particularly, but yet, um, you know, don't want to leave the scriptures out of our lives either. So is there, would you recommend any particular attitudes that we need to um we need to take on in order to get into Scripture well, but not do, as you say, slide off into heresy? Yeah, I, I, I think um, what I'm going to suggest is similarly um, evidenced in our reception of the Eucharist, you know, where we, we don't receive the Eucharist by ourselves. You know, it's not some uh, sort of you know, me and God moment, and that's what it's all about. No, that as we receive the Eucharist, we are making real the body of Christ and our connection to all that have come before, and right. the host of angels, all that will come, you know, that the, that there's a broader context into which I am being, you know, caught up in. And that's every time we try to isolate, every try, time we try to um, make it uh, smaller, trying to make God smaller, that's when we're stepping uh, outside of what our tradition uh, has taught us. When we try and make it smaller, we're trying to get our hands around it. And who wants to be in that kind of relationship, you know, where we feel like we're trying to manipulate or to control the other? Rather, if we would open our hearts and realize that when we encounter Scripture, we're being brought into something greater than ourselves, not just in the, the, the reflection on Scripture in that moment, but also in all that the church has, over the course of, uh, of its history, has helped us to better understand as it has reflected upon these, these stories over time. Who of us wouldn't accept the wisdom that's, you know, and saying, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, you know, that mm-hmm. I can accept, you know, and who of us doesn't, you know, trying to fix something at home, doesn't go to YouTube and say, somebody show me how to do this, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so similarly, our engagement of scripture should not be in an isolated way, trying to make scripture smaller for me, but rather, how is scripture calling me out of myself yeah. into an encounter with something greater than myself. And once I get there, tradition has to be the rails that that keep me, you know, on track rather yeah. than me going wherever the heck I'm going to go. I I got it. what's going through my head, father, as you say that and I and I'm so appreciative of that is that because uh, I was in, I was in, uh, studying for the ministry in, in in a different in a Protestant tradition, and it became rather than scripture becoming clearer and clearer, it was becoming fuzzier and fuzzier in some ways for me, especially as I started to contemplate. Well, if I'm going to be preaching on this stuff, then how am I going to how am I going to know? And uh, one of the great gifts, and I suppose this is along the line of uh, St. John Henry Newman's quest for a, a living authority in the church, but even beyond that to the great history, as you've pointed out, of our Catholic saints, 
one of the great reliefs, I would say, for me in becoming a Catholic was that I didn't have to know everything. I right. didn't have to be the expert on right. every passage of Scripture, which was a tremendous relief, and I have gained so much since then. So, very good. Our spiritual director today, again, Father Michael Martin of Conventual Franciscan Priest, uh, and he is with us as we explore a love of sacred Scripture. If you have found that Scripture has been a tremendous gift to your life, if you found ways of of helping, of encountering this great history and tradition of the saints and this living authority of our magisterium in interpreting the scriptures and then applying them to our lives. Give us a call. Tell us what how that has made its way into your spiritual life, 888 Or if you have even a passage of scripture that has had a tremendous influence on your life of faith, give us a call and let us know what that is, 888 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life, but we'll be back with more right after this. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at RelevantRadio.com property. Back to the inner life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Patrick Conley. We're speaking with our spiritual director today, Father Michael Martin, on developing a love for Scripture and maybe the ways that we encounter Scripture. How can we get deeper into the Word of God in our lives? And Father, one of the things that's sticking with me from what you said in the first part of the show was um, this sliding off into heresy thing, which I think, man, that's been done so often in our Catholic tradition, certainly, but also in many other Christian traditions, of course. And so, um, you know, one of the one of the kind of things that I think is frequently practiced when it comes to Scripture is proof texting. Right? You just pick out a verse, and and uh, this this more rather than gleaning its meaning and applying that in a broader context, there's this. Here's a verse. It's it upholds what I believe in. Therefore, you know, I'm going to use it as a as a way of you know kind of getting my own self centered maybe prideful way of getting out there. But there's a need for something a little bit different attitude than that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think if we always fall back to the the truth that um, this is God's self-revelation. And I, I, I've said it, you know, a number of times uh, in the, the first segment there as well, just to remember that this is God revealing himself to us and how we come to know the person of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if we treated any other relationship in that context, it, it, we would be embarrassed. You know, mm. rather, you know, we talk about the living word of God. You know, we talk about this encounter where we're, it's not about what we can figure out and prove as a result, which is, you know, scientism. It's, it's the, the way in which our Western brains have been uh, molded, uh, and you know, there's goodness in that, but when you take that to a relationship, it falls woefully short. And so that's where I think what something that's really needed here is, is humility, where I, I have to step back and say, my encounter with sacred scripture is not about me. Rather, it's about God. And can I humbly bow can I humbly bow before this encounter with God 
in the in his living word um and and when i do that then it it totally shifts the entire dynamic uh to one of uh of relational uh intimacy that would would just be it would be absurd to try and use relational intimacy as a means of proving anything you, know, you see what i'm saying it's just it, yeah. it it's it doesn't follow right right yeah i like that reasoning and yeah one of the phrases that i've heard and it's meant a lot to me anyway is am i willing to read scripture against myself in other words am i willing to read scripture and take the truth that it reveals the god um, who it reveals and recognize that, you know what, there's some need for change in my own life according to the Scripture, rather than finding out something in the Bible that seems to speak with authority that already backs up what I already believe to be true about myself. Right. Or yeah. that, that proves, you know, some, that someone else needs to change. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not that we ever do that, Father. New, I mean, come on. New, 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 new. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, let's go and take a phone call, Father. We've got Brenda who's calling in from Rock Island, Illinois. Brenda, thanks for calling the inner life. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to share um, the experience in our family of reading scripture and how much it's changed pretty much every aspect of our life. I have four children that range from the ages of 11 to 17. My oldest daughter was preparing for her confirmation, and the CCD coordinator at the time is um, was Sister Clemencia, a religious sister, She's a wonderful woman, and she just required all the kids to, re- to read one chapter of Scripture every day in preparation for their sacraments. And um, I noticed it was weeks were going by, and this wasn't really happening, so I told my daughter, okay, we're just going to do it together. And I started doing it with all the kids. We homeschool, so we were able to just kind of gather around the kitchen table, and we started in the New Testament, like she suggested, and we went all the way through the New Testament since then. Now it's been probably four years, maybe more. Um, and we started at the Old Testament, and we've gotten all the way up now to the book of Job. And um, we just kind of keep chipping away at it every day. It's a super busy schedule running around with children. But um, everything has been transformed. Everything is better. The mass is better. Our relationships are better. My kids are deepening in their faith. We're just seeing the Holy Spirit work in those readings every day. There's no reason why. You know, we'll have a reflection on St. Patrick on St. Patrick's Day that's embedded somewhere in the middle of the Old Testament because we read the St. Mary's Press books, the Bibles from St. Mary's Press. So they have like live it, you know, learn it. There's all these different um, beautiful reflections that just help iron out some of the questions. And it's just been the, probably the best thing we've ever done. So that's all I want to say. And I want to encourage families to give it a try. Brenda, thanks so much. Uh, what a what a grace that your family is experiencing and um and and you're you're witnessing when we immerse ourselves uh in the word of god uh transformation takes place that there's a power in god's word that it plants seeds and that there's ways in which god's word uh doesn't you know doesn't return empty but rather is uh is always moving us uh, in a direction more and more uh, towards the sacred, and so um, you you know as as well as I, and you know better than I should say as a as a parent of young and teenage children that the messaging that is so much around all of us 
has nothing to do with the messaging that the scripture has. And so we just have to ask ourselves, what message would we want our souls immersed in? What message do we want our bodies to really absorb uh, physically even, you know, that, that uh, or we can just, you know, say, well, whatever the message is that's out there, I guess that's what, you know, I guess that's what we're going to hear. Good luck with that. I mean, I, you're seeing that your, your family life is changing by the power of God's word. And man, that is a fabulous testimony. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love the testimony. Everything is better, Brenda. Yeah. It's, what what a great line. And, and uh, just the way that Scripture, God will speak to us in and through the Scriptures and will right. change our lives. It's for our edification. Mm-hmm. Brenda, thank you so much for the call. If you have a way that Scripture has made a difference in your life, that's what we're talking about today here on the show. 888-914-9149. Perhaps there's a favorite passage of Scripture, something that meant a lot to you in a particular time and a particular circumstance in your life, give us a call. Let us know what that was. 888-914-9149. And Father, one of the things, I'm I'm betting Brenda can attest to this, given all the progress that she and her children have made in and through the scriptures, and I would think anybody who has picked up the scriptures ever to read will come across this at some point, which is, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand what I'm reading. I mean, that's that's straight from the Acts of the Apostles, right? The mm-hmm. Ethiopian eunuch is saying, mm-hmm. how can I understand this unless someone explains it to me? So um, what should a Catholic do if they're reading the Scriptures and they come across something and say, yeah, I don't get it? Yeah. I, I think first and foremost, um, we all have to acknowledge that um, we're limited, you know, that and that just because I don't, understand it in this moment doesn't necessarily mean that I won't ever understand it, nor does it mean that it's not understandable. There are some tremendous, tremendous resources that are uh, so much at our disposal these days that I can't, um, I can't begin to, uh, to tell you how, uh, how what opportunities there are out there to learn more about scripture. And so, uh, as Brenda was mentioning, you know, St. Mary's Press, there's, there are so many other great, um, um, publishing, uh, organizations that have tremendous resources. Or e- here's, you know, shameless plug, relevant radio, you know, where y- you can continue <laughs> to learn, you know, you continue to learn about, uh, about your faith and in particular about the scriptures. But, uh, my gosh, um, claiming ignorance and just sitting, sitting and wallowing in it, shame on us. You know, that when there are, and, and hey, I, I've been, uh, ordained, uh, what, 34 years. And, uh, when I'm preparing, uh, a homily, uh, I, I'm still looking at resources and say, okay, what is this person? What's their, you know, how do they understand this? And what's the church say about this? Or just, you know, continuing the in the office of readings, you know, where uh, some of the greats of our tradition continue to reflect upon Scripture. That gives me deeper insight. So I would just say I, I'm not going to endorse one particular uh, resource out there. There are a zillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say stick to Catholic resources because we do understand the scripture differently than our uh, brothers and sisters from other Christian denominations. And, um, and I'm sure you can, you can find some stuff that's a good fit for you. 
Yeah, thanks be to God for all those resources. And certainly here on Relevant Radio, I, I assume all of our listeners know this, but you can always call in to Father Simon. I mean, he's got some great insights into the Scriptures, and so give his show a listen. And also, of course, Patrick Madrid, who is uh, frequently fielding questions about what a particular Scripture passages mean. Uh, we've had an email come in, Father, uh, from Anonymous. who She says that she keeps a copy of John fifteen thirteen posted under the crucifix in, in her home. And that reads, of course, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. She says this verse reminds me of the great depth of God's love and how she needs to ask God for the grace to love others more generously. And it's, you know, something like that. I, I, I think this is far from proof texting, but it's a reminder. It's, it spawns, in a sense, especially paired with a crucifix, it spawns meditation. So give us a little insight. What is meditation when it comes to the scriptures, Father, and how, how might we practice it? Well, I think our anonymous emailer has, uh, has really... Um assisted us in, in realizing that sometimes the best way to meditate upon sacred scripture is in small snippets, that uh, to just try to plumb the depths of, of one verse or even a part of a verse is, uh, is really, I think, at the heart of what it means to, to meditate, to ponder, and to really grow in an, uh, in an appreciation. And what what uh, this folk, this person has done in making it uh, visible somewhere in um, you know in their in their home, I think also is that constant you know constant reminder of uh, of something that God is speaking to to our hearts. And so, I I think to meditate, um, we do this sometimes in the Rosary, you know, where we're meditating on the mysteries of uh, of the life of. Uh, of Christ and, and, right. and Mary's life, and uh, and in doing so, we're bringing to mind scriptural moments that that uh, we've learned of, and so to just ponder them and place ourselves in the midst of them, and ask simple questions that start from you know maybe uh, very general, you know what what's going on here, what's the what's the action, what's the context. Um, you know, which is some basic kind of literary criticism, criticism type of stuff, but that should not be, you know, at the heart of the matter. What we should then, you know, lead ourselves into is what is God telling us about ourselves? What is God telling us about Himself? And then, Lord, can I just ponder what I'm sensing You're You're revealing to me? And can I just sit with that? I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to affirm it or deny it or pick it apart, I just, uh, I, I marvel. I mean, I think that that's where meditation, when we are in awe before the powerful Word of God, that that's where transformation takes place in our heart. Not that we walk away with some fabulous new insight that, oh my gosh, i got to write a book now because I've, I've really come to understand um, John 15, 13, but rather that um, I've sat in contemplation of my life and my God and the intersection in that relationship and the scriptures allowed me to do that. And letting scripture be a light to our yeah. path indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones now. Joan is calling in from Sacramento, California. Joan, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I just dropped my best friend off at the airport and I just love listening and I 
I had a story and I was like, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. Way to go, Joan. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm walking in the in a store, but I've stopped. And hopefully my um, reception is fine. So, yep, you sound good, so Joan. My, What's your story about my, scripture? My story is I uh, I worked in the retail industry for almost 46 years. And in 2007, I was diagnosed with a stage four follicular lymphoma. And, you know, I continued to go to work. And one day uh, there was, I was looking in the break room and there was this Bible there. It wasn't a Catholic Bible, but I just sat with it and I looked at it and I opened it up and I said, let me find something to help me in this day. And I opened up to Mark. And I don't know the scripture, but it was the story of the gentleman whose son was possessed. And he says to Christ, can you help me? And Christ says, can I help you? And the the man said, Lord, help my unbelief to leave. And I have lived with that since that day. I got goosebumps just talking about it out loud. But I... And then, you know, years later, I just was diagnosed again with almost stage five uh, lymphoma. And I went through a stem cell transplant and hours and hours and hours of chemo. But that's what I lived by is that and the divine mercy and other little um, scriptures. Just listening to relevant radio while I was in the hospital and just just saying, Lord, help my unbelief believe. And to me, I I work in a check stand, so I tell people that it's like my little pulpit. I tell people all day long, I get to, you know, we get to believe. We get to ask Christ to help our unbelief believe. Joan, that's so, uh, it's so precious, number one, that... Uh, you're willing to share, you know, some of your own struggles uh, in in health and what what for any of us are uh, really difficult uh, realities to get our head around, and where you turn in that space uh, through God's grace uh, is uh, a simple cry from a a person in Scripture. That could be you or me, and is you and me so often just saying, I want to believe, help my unbelief. Help me to transcend the the weakness that is a part of my broken condition and allow faith to lift me. It, you know, it doesn't it doesn't say, you know, he, he, the man doesn't say to Jesus, Jesus, explain to me how you're going to heal my son. Explain to me what's the you know, what are the steps you're going to go through? No, all he asks is for deeper faith, to trust. And that, I think, is kind of what you're saying, too, in your own life. I, I don't know where these diagnoses are going to go. I don't know what, you know, and how that's transpiring in my in my own body. I'm not sure. Lord, help my unbelief. And again, a, a simple phrase from Scripture, a Bible left somewhere in a break room that was picked up and became a source of lifetime inspiration. Think about the power of that. To me, that that is miraculous in and of itself, you know. And so, 
uh, allowing the scriptures to have that kind of role is so really what what a grace. Thank you so much for sharing that, John. Yeah, thank you, Joan. I appreciate that. Anybody wanting to look that up, that is in Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 14. Thank you. Thank you again, Joan, for the call. We are talking today about love of Scripture with our spiritual director, Father Michael Martin, a conventual Franciscan priest and pastor of St. Philip Benici in Jonesboro, Georgia. If you have a particular passage of Scripture that has really helped you in your spiritual life that has come through in particular circumstances in life just when it needed to, give us a call. Let us know what that is. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come with the inner life. We need to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sendovich, who is producing the show, Sarah Tofoya taking your phone calls, and Father Michael Martin, OFM Conventual, who is with us to talk about a love of sacred scripture. If there is a place and a time where scripture has meant a great deal to you, and uh, what scripture was it, and why was it so powerful in your life, let us know. 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Back to the phones we go. We've got Gina who's calling in from Georgia. Gina, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Father Michael. How are you? Doing great, thank you. Doing well. Very good. Okay, so favorite scripture story, and I have to admit that years ago I was not so good at the scripture aspect. So um, fortunately he has guided me. I have grown. But my husband and I were told we could not have children. So for the first 16 years we waited and we waited for our miracle and we did eventually get her praise God. But not being familiar with the scriptures, when it came time to name her, we were laboring and laboring hard. We could not figure out the name that was just gonna work. And then finally it occurred to me, I was like, Father, you already know her name. Just tell me and I'll write it down. So as I was in prayer, very clearly in my spirit, he gave me her full name. But he said, you will call her Mia because she is mine. And not being familiar with Isaiah 43, one at the time, I went in search for the words, you are mine. And sure enough, Isaiah 43, one came up. So I was very grateful. He led me there. Well, fast forward five or six years later, and my Mia comes to me as we're doing scripture. And she says to me, you know, mom, Isaiah 43, one is my favorite scripture of all time. And I was mm. like, really, why is that? And she goes, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I love it. And she has it on everything, coffee mugs, t-shirts, you name it. She's got Isaiah 43, one on there. So it was very impactful. It, it, my point really, though, is to encourage people not to be afraid to approach the scriptures because it is his word, because it is the living word. He will speak to you right where you are so that you can get it. Like, 
I didn't know anything about Isaiah 40 through one at the time, but he brought me there and he explained it. And now, you know, scripture is much more prevalent. Like, cannot go to mass without reading all of the daily readings first so that we're ready when we get there. And Father Michael will get that point because he recently did a video at our parish talking about being prepared for the mass and how the scriptures will help and everything. So, you know, it's a great story. I praise Jesus every day for this story, but more importantly, let somebody take away from it. Don't be afraid to open the scriptures. Don't be afraid to, to walk in. He'll meet you there. He'll, he'll say it in a way you'll get it. And all things will work greater for his good and for our good and his greater glory. Thanks so much, Gina. And, um, let the rest of our listeners know that, uh, I paid Gina 25 bucks to call in today and, uh, and give a shout out to, to our parish. But, uh, um, knowing Gina and Mia, uh, I, I, I just, I revel in the way in which, uh, God's word can, uh, can transform lives. And, um, just to have that, that simple faith that says, Lord, I know you want to speak to me. You know, that, 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 starting point is what should really allow us to uh, move into a deeper appreciation for the scriptures, knowing that it's not about me understanding, it's about God's desire to speak to my heart. And I I think that that's um, what is hard for us because we, we shouldn't, we approach all other literature very differently. And that's the shift in perspective that that we've got to have when we're encountering the scripture god wants to speak to my heart let me allow him that space great call gina thank you and i hope you spend the 25 dollars well (laughs) (laughs) father has paid you uh you know what but i think there are riches beyond telling in what you've said gina and how you responded father as we are growing in our love for scripture so thank you gina thank you for the call appreciate that let's go straight south now from uh georgia to florida doug is calling in from florida doug welcome to the show hello father hello patrick um for me it yeah for me it was um even before i was a catholic i converted um my wife's a credo catholic so both my children it was when um i was watching the 2009 national championship game when uh, tim tebow had 316 on his eye black even my wife, you know, looked over and, and she said, wow, I couldn't believe that. And I said, believe what? She said, look to see what Tim's wearing. And I looked and I was like, what is that? And she's like, that's John 316. And so to this day, I believe, and I may be wrong on this, but I believe that that during that time frame, because it's tracked on the Internet, that was one of the most searched terms out there on the Internet. So it was just amazing to me to, to see, you know, Tim and uh, Deacon Mike, who converted me, um, would say, you know, when you're speaking the gospel, you know, out there to talking to people, it's our job as Christians and Catholics to, you know, to, to work through, or God work through us in speaking the gospel. And I just think it was so beautiful that Tim, you know, did that with 316. And there were so many people that were, or I'm sorry, read the word of God, you know, that night. And it was just beautiful. That's so great, Doug. You know, and I think sometimes for Catholics, where we shy away from doing that is we're not very good at memorizing Bible passages. And while I, you know, can encourage us all the time to continue to try to do that, even if you don't, 
we know Bible stories. And so the more that we insert the, the Word of God into our conversation, into our daily lives, into our, um, uh, our relationships with others, we, we may not be able to quote Scripture exactly, you know, by chapter and verse, but we can all say, you know, this situation reminds me of this particular circumstance in Scripture. You know, so, so that might be an easier way to allow sacred Scripture to be sort of quoted and, and made more prominent uh, in the lives of the, the people that, uh, that, you know, we come in contact with every day without having to feel the weight of, did I just misquote Scripture somehow? No, I, I, I think... I think you do know your scripture stories. You know, you know your stories of Jesus and, and, and talking about them is a blessing. Yeah, very good, Doug. For God so loved the world. Thank you so much for the call. And so grateful that the Lord reaches out to us in so many ways uh, through the scriptures again. And he is seeking to draw us closer to him and uh, reveal himself in and through the sacred scriptures. And that's what we've been talking about today here on the show. Father, uh, just in our last couple minutes here before we ask for your blessing, I, there may be people out there, I frequently encounter them even in, in my own walk of faith who, you know, and we're talking about the Bible and they might say, yeah, I just, I've tried, I can't get into it, or I don't, I just don't know where to start. So I guess the question I would have for you, Father, is where would you suggest if someone just, okay, I've listened to the show, I want to get back into the scriptures. Any particular place, any particular book that you would suggest uh, that they start with? Yeah, it's a great question. And what I, I, I'd more suggest what not to do <laughs> rather than what to do. Okay. If, you, if, if the scriptures aren't a part of uh, your spiritual journey in a substantial way at this point, please do not start at the beginning. Please do not try to pick up the Bible and say, I'm going to read it cover to cover. It, for most people, that is, uh, it's a non-starter. You get to a certain space and it just, it's not, you're not there anymore. So the, the approaching it with the, the intention of completion is really just, it's the wrong approach. I would say for folks who, who haven't encountered scripture a whole lot, start with one of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Um, I think Matthew is, um, you know, is probably a, a little easier to to engage, but you know, people are going to have different yeah. choices there. So, right. Well, I but think do that's it. great. But do it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Right. Exactly. I, I think that's a great, great piece of advice. One of the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, we've reached the end of our time, Father. So, as always, we like to close with a blessing. May May we have your blessing, please? Certainly. Gracious God, you sent us your word made flesh, uh, Jesus Christ, who from all time uh, you have allowed uh, to enlighten the world uh, by, by just the grace of your love and allow us to be enlightened by the word of God. Uh, and may we always, always be grateful to the ways in which you desire to be in deeper love relationship with us. Bless us today and every day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.